Football, a football segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate and Mete. What's up, guys? So, how's it going? All right. In today's episode, we're going to recap an exciting week one of the NFL season. We'll talk about some of the scores and some of the big players for fantasy. Uh, then we'll just jump right into our weekly pickups for fantasy football. And then we'll just uh, do a preview of week two. We'll talk about players to start for fantasy and I guess our overall uh, projection of the game. So um, let's just start with week one. We'll get right into the scores. We'll start with Thursday night's game. Uh, It was Dallas against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tampa Bay does win this game 31 to 29. Um, It's a big game for both teams, but especially for Tampa. Um, Just looking at some of their stats, Tom Brady, Uh, 379 yards and four touchdowns for him. Uh, And then for rushing, we have Leonard Fournette, 32 yards on the ground, and Ronald Jones added 14. Then we go to receiving, and the main guys are Antonio Brown, five catches for 121 yards and a touchdown. Chris Godwin, nine catches for 105 yards and a touchdown. Rob Gronkowski, eight catches for 90 yards and two touchdowns. And then Leonard Fournette had five catches for 27 yards and Mike Evans, three catches for 24 yards. Nate, I'm going to start with you. I guess, what were your thoughts on this Tampa Bay team? Um, I think it was uh, really clutch because Dallas was on fire this game and Tampa was still able to find a way to, I guess, come out on top. Yeah, I know Tampa did start off pretty quickly. Then uh, second half, it was really Dallas's game from there on, and Tampa Bay was able to weather that storm. I guess just getting to some of Dallas's stats here, Dak Prescott, big game for him, 403 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, in terms of rushing, um, Ezekiel Elliott, 11 carries for 33 yards, and Tony Pollard had three carries for 14 yards, so not a lot there. Uh, receiving, big game for Amari Cooper. Um, just looking at him, uh, 13 catches, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. So big fantasy day for him. CD Lamb, seven catches, 14 yards, and a touchdown. Dalton Schultz pulled in six catches for 45 yards. And Michael Gallup had four for 36 yards. So I'll get to you, Mete, on Dallas. It's your team. They lost a nail biter in this game. I guess, what did you think of your team? Yeah, uh, what I thought was Dak Prescott, he looks like he didn't miss any time at all. Uh, he last played in week five or six and from last season. And yeah, it didn't look like he missed a beat. He had one interception, which was unlucky. It was off CD's hands and I think he could have caught it, but it happens. I mean, for the offense, Elliot, he only got 33 yards on the ground, but we only ran it 11 times. And it kind of makes sense as the Tampa Bay defensive line was dominating the Cowboys offensive line. So yeah, we just opted for quick throws with Dak, and it was working. Uh, Amari Cooper, huge game, two touchdowns. C.D. Lamb had a great game as well, but he had a couple drops that he needs to fix up, but I definitely think he can do that. Dalton Schultz looks like he's the new tight end one. Had a, a solid game, and Michael Gallup got hurt this game. He had a solid game as well, but that's a big blow for the Cowboys. And defensively, I mean – this is a defense that was one of the worst last season and for them to have four turnovers was a big uh, shine of light 
I'll say as, yeah, I mean, last season, their defense was just getting drived on. Even this uh, game, the Buccaneers were driving on the Cowboys with pretty much uh, no uh, issues. And yeah, at least they came up with turnovers. So that's really encouraging for them. Yeah, for sure. I know a couple injuries on defense as well. It's going to be tough for Dallas going forward, but uh, hopefully they can rebound and get a win in their next game. Uh, Let's just move to Sunday now. Uh, First game, it was Jacksonville in Houston to take on the Texans. Houston does beat them by a score of 37 to 21. Uh, Surprising uh, from Houston, considering a lot of people wrote them off coming into this game. Uh, In terms of passing, Tyrod Taylor 291 yards uh, through the air with two passing touchdowns. And then on the ground, he ran four times for 40 yards. So really solid for him. Mark Ingram also had 26 carries for 85 yards and a touchdown. It looks like he's the lead back there. I know Philip Lindsay had eight carries for 25 yards and a score as well. So he was pretty solid. Um, In terms of receiving Brandon Cooks, five catches, 132 yards. He was the main man there. Um, Farrell Brown, four catches for 67 yards. And then Danny Amendola, five catches for 34 yards and a touchdown. And then also David Johnson, three catches, 18 yards and a touchdown. Uh, This time, Matt Tail, start with you. Uh, Big win for Houston. What did you think of their play? Yeah, uh, they played great. Uh, Tarad Taylor in particular, great game. I mean, we always knew that he's a great quarterback. It's just uh, – I feel like he had a good matchup this week, so he took advantage of that. But, I mean, you know what you're going to get with him. He had zero interceptions. He can rush the ball, so he perfectly manages a game, and he did that great this game. Mark Ingram got the bulk of the carries in this backfield. It was kind of uncertain, especially in my eyes, but it looks like Ingram's the running back one going forward. He had a solid game. Uh, Brandon Cooks had a huge game, five catches for 132. Yeah, I mean, they had a great game, but I'm not going to get too ahead of myself. It's the Jaguars. Yeah, for sure. Um, Speaking of the Jaguars, I guess just looking at some of their stats, a rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, 332 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. It was a mixed bag for him, but overall, pretty decent game for him. Um, it looks like Carlos Hyde got more carries here. Nine carries for 44 yards compared to James Robinson's five carries for 25 yards. But it looks like they opted to use Robinson in the passing game. He had three catches for 29 yards there. Um, also receiving DJ Chark, three catches, 86 yards and a touchdown. Marvin Jones, five catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. And LaVisca Chenault, uh, seven catches for 50 yards and James O'Shaughnessy added six catches for 48 yards. So Nate, I guess just getting to you, um, what do you think of this new Jacksonville team? Um, I think it's not bad considering that Trevor Lawrence is still um, a rookie and he's, he does still look like um, he's more or less ready for the N- NFL, in my opinion. Like there's still some kind of, there's some like stuff that he ha- has to kind of like shake off. But I think for the most part, I wouldn't say it's like the offense that made them lose. I think it was more um, on the defensive end, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, Jacksonville, of course, needs to upgrade their defense. And yeah, like you said, I wouldn't um, go so far as to say that it was entirely Trevor Lawrence's fault. Obviously, he turned the ball over more times than he should have, but uh, it is his first game. We don't want to fault him there. Um, But yeah, hopefully Jacksonville can rebound in some form next week. 
Uh, getting to the next game, um, LA Chargers beating the Washington football team by a score of 20 to 16. Um, just looking at some of the stats for the Chargers, Justin Herbert, big game, 337 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then in terms of rushing, Austin Eckler, 15 carries, 57 yards and a touchdown. Larry Roundtree, eight carries for 27 yards. Then in receiving big games for Keenan Allen, who had nine catches for 100 yards. Mike Williams, eight catches for 82 yards and a touchdown. Jared Cook had five catches for 56 yards. And Jalen Guyton had three catches for 49 yards. A really solid overall game for this team. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you this time on the Chargers. I guess, what do you think of this win for them? Um, this is a pretty big win considering um, Washington has one of the best defenses in the league, in my opinion. So I think this kind of shows that even against tough defenses, they can still find ways to score. Yeah, I mean, it was a low-scoring game, like you said. Um, only 36 total points scored in this game. Um, they got an early touchdown, and then they sort of weathered the storm, and then they got a late touchdown there. I feel like the Chargers played well overall. I guess getting to Washington now, they had the big injury there with Ryan Fitzpatrick. It looks like he'll be out for the foreseeable future. Taylor Heineke comes in. He throws for 122 yards and a touchdown, so not too bad. Um, Antonio Gibson really carried the rushing 20 carries for 90 yards while Heineke added 17 yards on the ground. Um, and then just getting to the receiving Terry McLaurin, four catches, 62 yards, Logan Thomas, three catches for 30 yards and a score. And then Antonio Gibson also caught three passes for 18 yards. Matty, I'll get to you, uh, Washington football team. They dealt with injuries in this game. They looked a little bit shaky, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, Gibson, I think, carried this offense. He had a great game, but uh, unfortunate injury to Fitzpatrick, and it looks like he's going to be out long-term as he's been placed on the injury reserve. And Heineke had a solid game, but it looks like he kind of lacked the big plays as he only had one touchdown. And, like, the receivers, they have not the most catches McLaurin only had four uh, Thomas three Gibson three and the rest are one and two. So uh, they didn't really make big plays. So yeah. Uh, they get giants next week and they might be able to rebound. So we'll see. Yeah. It seems like the offense is going to change a little bit under Heineke uh, Fitzpatrick, more of that, like you said, big play deep passability. Heineke, keep it on the ground type of quarterback, short passes, uh, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to see how this offense looks going forward. Obviously, the defense did a good job either way. Um, but getting to the next game, um, Seattle goes into Indianapolis and beats this team 28 to 16. Um, starting with the Seahawks, um, Russell Wilson, 254 pass yards and four passing touchdowns. Really big game for him. Um, he also had five carries on the ground for nine yards. Uh, in terms of rushing, Chris Carson, 16 carries for 91 yards. Dwayne Eskridge, two carries for 22 yards. So interesting that they ran him along the ground. Um, getting to receiving, Tyler Lockett, four catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Big game for him. Metcalf adding four catches for 60 yards and a score. Um, Will Disley, three catches for 37 yards. And Gerald Everett, two catches for 20 yards and a touchdown. So uh, Mete, I'll bounce it to you this time. The Seahawks look really solid in their first game. What do you think? Yeah, uh, really solid for sure. And it looks like the, C the Seahawks are back in business as ever since Wilson's got there, I feel like they had, uh, they've been in the playoffs every year and 
yeah, they're looking great again. Big win against the Colts. Good team. And yeah, it looks like uh, there'll be another uh, contending year in Seattle. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was a tough, I guess, first game uh, for Carson Wentz and the Colts. Obviously, Wentz, he had a pretty good game. He had 251 yards and two touchdowns. But for some reason, this offensive line just did not look good. He was getting hit on almost every single play. Um, yeah, he still played pretty well. He even had 23 yards on the ground to go with that. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor, 17 carries for 56 yards. Nine M. Hines had nine for 34 yards. Um, then getting to the receiving, Jonathan Taylor actually led this team in receiving six catches for 60 yards. So really solid for him. Nine M. Hines, six catches also for 48 yards. And then Zach Pascoe, big game for him, four catches, 43 yards and two touchdowns. So I guess just getting to you, Nate, uh, what are your thoughts on the Colts? Um, I guess uh, the offensive line um, not really protecting uh, Wentz enough is going to be a little bit of a problem, especially since I guess there was kind of the expectation that uh, Wentz would be able to go into a playoff level team and take them to an even higher level. So I guess Wentz is going to have to find a way to kind of um, be, be creative with the O-line that he has. Yeah, I know. Um big Q coming off that um, ankle injury. Um, Eric Fisher still not back from his injury. So this offensive line is pretty banged up. Uh, if they can come back and be healthy, I think they will be solid. And I think uh, Wentz won't be scrambling as much as he did this past week in, in the next game, but we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that. I definitely wouldn't put the blame on Carson Wentz as he didn't turn over the ball on any of his own plays. It was only that, that sack that sort of forced that fumble, but a uh, clean throwing day uh, for Carson Wentz. And I guess in terms of these receivers, yeah, the Seahawks defense played really well. I definitely have to uh, say that this, this team looks really strong on both offense and defense. So look out for the Seahawks this year. Um, and then just getting to the next game, uh, it was the Carolina Panthers against the New York Jets. Obviously Sam Darnold revenge game. They do get the win 19 to 14 over the Jets. Um, I guess just looking at the stats, uh, really solid. Um, for the Panthers, um, Sam Darnold, 279 yards in a passing touchdown. Um, and then on the ground, Christian McCaffrey, 21 carries for 98 yards. And then DJ Moore had a 14 yard rush as well. Um, and then in terms of receiving Christian McCaffrey, nine catches, 89 yards, solid as always. DJ Moore, six catches for 80 yards. And then Robbie Anderson, one catch for 57 yards and a touchdown. So uh, Nate, let me get to you. Um, the Panthers look pretty good in this game. Um, I guess, uh, what are your thoughts on the Panthers and Sam Darnold? Um, I think they're uh, they're all right, but I guess considering that the Jets are still kind of like a rebuilding team, I would kind of like them to kind of um, give a little more, if that makes sense. Yeah, I felt like the Panthers, they were always – like, I don't know, I don't know whether it was they just weren't able to drive in this game, um, whatever it was. Yeah, like you said, uh, I feel like they could have given a bit more in terms of points. Um, getting the win is still very big, though. Um, just getting to the Jets, um, I guess in terms of uh, receiving uh, Corey Davis, five catches for 97 yards and two touchdowns. He was sort of the main guy there. Um, and then just looking at the rest of the receiving Braxton Berrios, five catches for 51 yards, Denzel Mims, one catch for 40 yards. Um, and then getting to the rushing here. Um, I don't have passing stats here for some reason, but, uh, getting to the rushing, 
Uh, nine carries for Tevin Coleman, 24 yards, and Ty Johnson had four carries for 15 yards. Um, I mean, Zach Wilson, uh, he was decent in this game. I don't have his stats pulled up here, but um, yeah, Mete, just getting to you on the Jets, um, what are your thoughts overall on this game for them? Yeah, so his stats for this game was 20 out of 37, uh, 258 passing yards, two touchdowns, one interceptions. And like you said, I think he had a really solid game. Uh, he got sacked six times, so they need to do a better job. The Jets need to do a better job of protecting Zach Wilson. And yeah, they had a rough time rushing the ball here. Uh, Tevin Coleman got nine uh, carries for 24 yards. And that's not good from your uh, lead backfield, uh, lead running back. So, yeah, they need a, a block better and definitely run the ball better next week. Yeah, the Panthers had a lot of sacks in this game. Guys like Brian Burns and others really putting on a lot of pressure. Obviously, Zach Wilson was scrambling most of the game. He just really couldn't get anything sustained going in terms of offense. But yeah, uh, hopefully he will bounce back in the upcoming weeks. Um, let's get to another game. This game went to overtime. It was between the, bike, the Vikings and the Bengals. Um, the Bengals end up winning 27-24 to 24 over the Vikings. Um, big game overall for this team. Um, let's just get to the Bengals stats here. Joe Burrow, 261 yards and two touchdowns. Joe Mixon, 29 carries, 127 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then getting to receiving, uh, Mixon added four catches for 23 yards also. Jamar Chase, five catches, 101 yards and a touchdown. So big debut for him. T. Higgins, four catches, 58 yards and a touchdown. Uh, CJ Uzama, two catches for 35 yards. And Tyler Boyd, three catches for 32 yards. Uh, Mete, uh, let me get to you on the Bengals here. Um, yeah, this was a big game for this young team. They end up getting the win against the Vikings. Yeah, great game for sure. Uh, Jamar Chase looked great. Burrow looked great. Mixon looked great. I mean, uh, they made a lot of great plays. And especially at the end there, uh, in overtime, uh, getting the stop, the Bengals D, uh, forcing a fumble on Dalvin Cook and then driving at the end to win was yeah, that was a really clutch win for the Bengals, and I was definitely not expecting that as I had the Vikings in my survival. Yeah, it was tough. Uh, this is a very unexpected result. Um, the Vikings still did play pretty well. Kirk Cousins had a big game, 351 yards and two touchdowns for him. Even Justin Jefferson threw a pass. I saw that. That was pretty cool. Uh, it went for 11 yards, a good completion. Uh, you talked about Dalvin Cook. He carried uh, 20 times for 61 yards and a touchdown, obviously having that fumble really hurt. Um, and then getting to receiving Adam Thielen, nine catches for 92 yards and two touchdowns. So big day for him. KJ Osborne, seven catches for 76 yards. Justin Jefferson, five catches for 71 yards. And then Dalvin Cook also caught six passes for 43 yards. Um, Nate, let me get to you. I guess, what are your thoughts on this Vikings team? Um, I guess this is kind of a disappointing game considering um, the Bengals were the underdogs. So, I mean, hopefully um, Minnesota can kind of um, pick themselves up and try to bounce back. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they had a really bad game. I feel like that the Bengals just played like the better team, if that makes sense. Uh, I feel like the Vikings, they were just tossed into a matchup where maybe they underestimated them a little bit. And then, yeah, in overtime, that fumble, uh, it shouldn't happen, but it does. And then uh, the Bengals end up pulling it out. So solid game for them. 
And then moving to the next game, uh, Arizona Cardinals beating the Tennessee Titans 38 to 13. I think this is one of the bigger blowouts of Sunday's games. Um, yeah, really solid effort uh, for the Cardinals in this game. Kyler Murray, 289 yards and four touchdowns uh, passing and then rushing. He added a touchdown there as well to go with 20 yards. Chase Edmonds rushed for 12, 12 attempts, 63 yards. James Conner had 16 attempts, 53 yards. And then through the air, DeAndre Hopkins, six catches, 83 yards and two touchdowns. Christian Kirk, five catches, 70 yards and two touchdowns. And then uh, Rondell Moore added four catches for 68 yards. And Chase Edmonds, four catches for 43 yards. Uh, Nate, this was a big, impressive effort from the Cardinals. What do you think about this team? This is uh, like what you said. It's a really good showing by basically the entire team, both on offense and I think on defense. I mean, obviously, um, what Kyler Murray did um, really stands out, and it he really elevates uh, the offensive side of, of of the of the ball. If that makes sense, but I think you also have to give uh, credit to the the defense because um, not a lot of teams can stop. Uh, Derrick Henry and not a lot of teams can stop Julio and the Cardinals managed to do both yeah it was interesting their defense did play really solid Chandler Jones had five sacks in this game he's definitely been the best defensive player in the league so far after week one we'll definitely see if he can keep that up but let's get to the Titans now Ryan Tannehill had a rough day he did still throw for 212 yards and a touchdown while also throwing an interception Derrick Henry, 17 rush attempts for only 58 yards. Yeah, like you mentioned, he struggled on the ground. Uh, Ryan Tannehill had a rushing touchdown to go with 17 yards. Um, and then getting to receiving, Chester Rogers played a good game, four catches, 62 yards. He ended up being the leading receiver here. A.J. Brown had four catches for 49 yards and a touchdown, while Julio Jones had three catches for 29 yards. So, yeah, it was a rough game for this Titans team overall. Um, I guess, Mete, getting to you, um, do you think that this is a, a different Titans team or do you think they'll bounce back in the coming weeks? Uh, I feel like they definitely could bounce back, but uh, what I'll say about the Titans is Tannehill, he's uh, more of a good game manager, I'd say. He's nothing more than that. And when you're shutting down Derrick Henry, uh, it's going to be hard for the Titans to win. So, yeah, uh, the... Offensive line for the Titans has to be better blocking for Henry and Tannehill for sure. And outside of that, uh, defense has to be better as well. So they got beat pretty bad. And yeah, big blowout. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on the defensive part. They just didn't look good overall. Um, but yeah, hopefully they can bounce back in the upcoming weeks. But let's get to the next game. It was the San Francisco 49ers against the Detroit Lions. The 49ers winning 41 to 33. They had that big lead. Then Detroit sort of tried to come back, but they weren't able to close the gap. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 314 yards and a touchdown. Really solid day for him. In terms of rushing, Eli Mitchell, seven, 19 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown. Um, Raheem Mostert, two carries for 20 yards. Obviously, he has uh, been announced as being out for the season, so that's a rough blow for him. Um, Jermichael Hasty, one carry for three yards and the touchdown, so that was at the goal line. Then we move to receiving. Debo Samuel is his big day. Nine catches, 189 yards and a touchdown. George Kill adding four catches for 78 yards. And Trent Sheffield had uh, two catches for 23 yards and a touchdown. So, 
Um, this time, um, Mete, let me start with you with the 49ers. Uh, I think this team, they went out to that big lead, then they sort of gave up a lot of points. I guess, what's your opinion on this team? Yeah, I feel like they just let their guard down as they had a huge lead going into the fourth. And yeah, the Lions almost make an insane comeback, but they fall short. And uh, what I'll say about the Niners, uh, looks like Elijah Mitchell has a huge chance to be a running back one in San Francisco now that most is hurt. And Garoppolo had a really good game. I uh, never really believed in him as I feel like he's a game manager as well. But yeah, he had a really good game here. And Debo Samuel, amazing as well. But I'm surprised that Brendan Ayuk had no targets or receptions or anything i have no idea what happened to him yeah it looks like he did have some lingering injury effects so he was on the bench for most of the game so let's see if he does get into the the game next week um just getting to the lions now jared goff 338 yards and three touchdowns really solid game for him uh with his new team obviously on the ground jamal williams nine carries 54 yards and a touchdown he had a great day DeAndre Swift, 11 carries for 39 yards. Also adding eight catches, 65 yards, and a score in receiving. So Swift had a big day as well. Um, also in receiving, TJ Hawkinson, eight catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. Jamal Williams, eight catches for 56 yards. And uh, Khalif Raymond, uh, three catches for 50 yards. Uh, Nate, getting to you, I guess, what are your thoughts on the Lions? I think this was a really good game, again, considering that um, with Matthew Stafford leaving, I think um, the Lions are probably going to be written off um, almost every week, if not every week. So I think um, this is, um, I guess, a really good job by basically everyone on the team. And um, I guess even uh, Dan Campbell, I guess, I believe he's the coach of the Detroit Lions. He wanted to kind of instill the mentality of Detroit um, basically fighting for every play and they're going to make the other team work for the win. And it almost worked. They actually almost pulled off the upset on San Francisco. And I think um, if Jared Goff didn't throw that pick six, it would have been even closer. They might've actually been able to take the game maybe. Yeah, for sure. And like Dan Campbell said, no matter how much we're down, we'll bite on kneecaps if we need to get back up. So I mean, that's kind of what they did in this game. They really came through and they really brought it back. Of course, they weren't able to finish it off, but still a good game from them either way. Um, another good game here, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers go into Buffalo and beat the Buffalo Bills by a score of 23 to 16. Uh, looking at the stats, I guess we'll start with the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger, 188 yards and a touchdown. Um, on the ground, Najee Harris, uh, 16 carries for 45 yards. Claypool also had a 25-yard run there. Um, Claypool also had three catches for 45 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster, four catches, 52 yards. Deontay Johnson, five catches for 36 yards and a touchdown. So um, I'll just get to you uh, first uh, on this game, Nate. Um, what do you think about Pittsburgh? Um, I think this was a, this was a really good um, defensive showcase for Pittsburgh. I mean, obviously their offense was um, good, but the fact that they were able to um, hold Buffalo to under 20 points and um, Josh Allen only had one touchdown, that's really impressive. 
Yeah, that is impressive. That block kick that the defense returned for a touchdown was also really big as well. Um, but yeah, just getting to the Bills now, Josh Allen, 270 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then on the ground, um, 44 rush yards on nine attempts for Allen. And then uh, Devin Singletary, 11 carries for 72 yards. Um, and then getting to receiving, um, Stefan Diggs, nine receptions for 69 yards. So he played pretty well. Uh, Cole Beasley, eight catches for 60 yards. Emmanuel Sanders, four catches for 52 yards. And Dawson Knox, uh, four catches for 41 yards. The only passing touchdown was to Gabriel Davis, who caught it uh, on two catches and 40 yards. Uh, Mete, um, I guess just talk to me about the Bills. Um, what do you think about this team? Yeah, uh, this was a really defensive game. And uh, second half, the Bills really fell off. They had a a really good lead going into halftime, but uh, the Steelers really came out in the second half and took over the game. Uh, their defense was good all game, but uh, Steelers offense really stepped up in the second half. And for Bills, I feel like they could have ran the ball more. Singletary had a really good game, actually. 72 yards and 11 rushes, uh, 11 rush attempts on 70, 72 yards. So, uh, yeah, I feel like he could have he been used more in the ground game especially with Allen throwing 21 incompletions uh you don't really have to force uh throwing it especially when your running backs doing well and yeah I feel like that's one game uh adjustment that Buffalo could have made yeah I definitely agree with you I felt like Pittsburgh's defense kind of sat back a little bit in this game they didn't rush a lot of guys they were still able to generate pressure but yeah 21 incompletions. There were a lot of overthrows, a lot of different things. If they had just put their head down and started to run the ball a bit more, I think they could have been a bit more successful in that game. Um, but moving to the next game, another blowout here, the Philadelphia Eagles going into Atlanta and beating them uh, by a score of 32 to six. So surprising showing from the Eagles here, Jalen Hurts, 264 pass yards and three passing touchdowns. He also had 62 yards on the ground with seven carries. Miles Sanders, 15 carries, 74 yards. And Kenneth Gainwell, nine carries for 37 yards and a touchdown. I'm getting to receiving now. Devontae Smith, six catches, 71 yards and a touchdown. Jalen Rager, six catches, 49 yards and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard, four catches, 42 yards and a touchdown. And Miles Sanders adding four catches for 39 yards. So uh, I'll get right back to you on this game, Mete. Um, what do you think about the Eagles? Yeah, the offense looked great. So did the defense holding the Falcons to six. Uh, not an easy task at all, as I believe Falcons have a good offense, but they didn't really show up this game. And Eagles, yeah, 32 points. Hurts looked great. Sanders looks good. Devontae Smith, uh, Rager, Goddard, those guys look great. Uh, but I'll just say that it was the Falcons, and we should kind of temper our expectations a bit with the Eagles after this win. Yeah, I'm kind of not sure which way to go on this, whether it was the Falcons being that bad or the Eagles actually being really good. Might be a little bit of both, so we'll definitely have to see as we move into the coming weeks. But just getting to the Falcons now, Matt Ryan, 164 pass yards um, on 35 attempts, uh, rushing Cordell Patterson, seven carries for 54 yards, Mike Davis, 15 carries for 49 yards. Then in terms of receiving, not a lot here. Calvin Ridley, five catches, 51 yards. Kyle Pitts, four catches, 31 yards. And Hayden Hurst, four catches on 28 yards. So, Nate, there wasn't a lot here from this Falcons team. So, I guess, what are your thoughts? 
Um, I guess this is really disappointing for the Falcons, especially offensively, because on paper, this is supposed to be uh, one of the better offensive teams in the league. And unfortunately, their offense just couldn't find a way to um, generate points on the board. So I guess um, their defense is going to have to try to step up in the following weeks. Yeah, it really looks like they missed that big body receiver uh, like Julio Jones, uh, of course, playing for the Titans now. Um, but yeah, um, definitely, this, like you said, this offense needs to be better. It's going to be a tough task against Tampa in week two, but we'll definitely have to see um, how they turn out. But uh, let's get to the next game here. The Kansas City Chiefs comeback win over the Cleveland Browns, 33-29. to um, I guess just looking at some of the stats for the Chiefs, Mahomes, 337 pass yards and three passing touchdowns for him. He also adds a rushing touchdown with 18 yards on the ground. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 14 carries, 43 yards. And then in terms of receiving, um, Edwards-Hilaire also uh, gets a few catches for them. Uh, three catches, 29 yards. Tyree Kill, 11 catches, 197 yards and a touchdown. I think he leads the league in receiving now. Um, Travis Kelsey, six catches, 76 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on this. Uh, this is the Kansas City Chiefs that we know. Yeah, I mean, crazy comeback in the second half. And Edwards Hilaire did have a rough game on the ground, but they have Patrick Mahomes, and he's one of, if not the best quarterbacks in the league. So, yeah, he just did his thing again. And uh, especially Tyree Kill, a great game from those guys. Yeah, I definitely agree. This team, like, you can never count them out, no matter how much they're down. Patrick Mahomes will just flip the switch, and then they'll just score a whole leap of points. Um, Cleveland didn't have a bad game either. Just getting to them, Baker Mayfield, 321 passing yards. Of course, he has that interception there at the end. Um, and then in terms of rushing, Nick Chubb, big day, 15 carries, 83 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. Kareem Hunt, six carries, 33 yards, and a touchdown. And then Jarvis Landry, two carries for 13 yards and a rushing touchdown as well. Um, and then in terms of receiving, David Njoku leads this team with three catches for 76 yards. Jarvis Landry, five catches, 71 yards. Anthony Schwartz, three catches for 69 yards. And Kareem Hunt adding three catches for 28 yards. So, um, Nate, just getting to you on the Browns, um, your team played very well. Of course, they didn't get it done, but what are your thoughts? Um, I'm happy that they were able to keep it this competitive um, with Kansas City, especially in the first half. Um, they basically executed their the game plan to a T, try to keep uh, Kansas City off the field as long as possible. And then um, when they try to come back, um, that's kind of like the important part. Unfortunately, Cleveland wasn't um, able to kind of keep up their pace. I guess Kansas Kansas City's defense was also really clutch, so you have to give it to them as well. But I think um, that's going to be like the next thing to work on. I guess when a team like Kansas City inevitably comes back, you have to find a way to keep generating offense. Yeah, I definitely think Cleveland's a solid team this year. Of course, they just had a tough week one matchup. I definitely think they can be a 10 plus win team. So let's just see how they sort of rebound in the upcoming weeks. Another team that's really going to need a rebound in the upcoming weeks is the Green Bay Packers. They got blown out. This game was not even a home game for the Saints. It was at a neutral site in Jacksonville. The Saints win 38-3, to one of the biggest scores of the week. Um, yeah, just getting to the stats here. Jameis Winston, 148 passing yards and five passing touchdowns. A huge uh, debut as the starter for Jameis Winston. Um, 
And then in terms of rushing, um, he had six carries for 37 yards. Also, Alvin Kamara had 20 carries for 83 yards. Tony Jones Jr., 11 carries for 50 yards on the ground. In terms of receiving, Deontay Harris, two catches, 72 yards and a touchdown. Jawan Johnson, three catches, 21 yards and two touchdowns. And then Adam Trotman had three catches for 18 yards, while Chris Hogan and Alvin Kamara also found the end zone in the receiving game. So, uh, Nate, let me get right back to you. What do you think about the Saints team? Um, I guess this was, a, again, a really good job by the New Orleans Saints. Um, I mean, obviously, they're their defense is really good. So that's partially why the score for uh, Green Bay's end was so low, in my opinion. But I think their um, offense uh, did pretty well as well. I guess the biggest question was, what's the offense going to look like without Drew Brees? So if they keep playing like this, um, I guess it'll look like it's going to be a pretty smooth transition. Yeah, like you mentioned, um Great day on defense for the Saints. Rough day on offense for the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, only 133 pass yards, two interceptions. They brought Jordan Love in. He threw for 68 yards. Uh, so rough day uh, for both quarterbacks. And then in terms of rushing, A.J. Dillon, four carries for 19 yards. And then uh, Kylan Hill, five carries, 14 yards. Aaron Jones didn't even get over 10 yards in this game. Really unfortunate for him. Uh, in terms of receiving, Devontae Adams, five catches for 56 yards. Uh, Randall Cobb, his only catch went for 32, and Mercedes Lewis and Amari Rogers both went one catch for 19 yards. So uh, just a really terrible day for this team. I, I guess, what are your thoughts, Matty, on them rebounding? Yeah, uh, I feel like they can definitely rebound, especially against the Lions, but I have no idea what happened this week as it looks like they weren't even ready for this game. I mean, Devontae Adams is the only one who had some – kind of a decent game but even for his standards he didn't do that great and yeah I know the Saints defense is great but like I said I feel like it looked like the Packers weren't even prepared for this game yeah I think they're definitely going to need a, a coaching adjustment for the next game I feel like just whatever scheme was drawn up by the coaches that just really didn't work or whether the Saints were extra prepared or what it was it just really didn't look good so um, I think Aaron Rodgers said he's focused and ready to go for next game. So hopefully the rest of that Green Bay lineup is as well, as they definitely need that uh, big win against the Lions. All right, let's just get to the next game. Uh, the Denver Broncos beating the New York Giants by score of 27-13. Um, just getting to the stats here for the Broncos, um, Teddy Bridgewater, 264 pass yards, two passing touchdowns for him, adding 19 yards on the ground as well. Uh, Melvin Gordon, he rushed 11 times for 101 yards and a touchdown, really solid. Javante Williams added, added 14 carries for 45 yards. Then in terms of receiving, Jerry Judy, who did go down in this game, I before he did, though, he had six receiving, uh, six receptions and 72 receiving yards. Noah Fant, six catches for 62 yards. KJ Hamler, three catches for 41 yards. And then Tim Patrick, four catches for 39 yards and a touchdown. With uh, Albert O, I'm not going to pronounce his last name. Um, he had three catches for 16 yards and a touchdown as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, Mete, let me get to you first on this Broncos team. I guess, how did they look? Yeah, uh, great showing. Bridgewater played a clean game, no turnovers. And Melvin Gordon, great job running the ball. Judy had a big game, and losing him is huge. And that sucks for the Broncos. 
no offense, solid game as well. And they played a great defensive game as well. So, yeah, it looked like a really good game, uh, clean game from the Broncos. Yeah, um, you're right. That defense did put a lot of pressure on this Giants offense. Um, Daniel Jones did throw for 267 yards and a passing touchdown. Um, he also added uh, 27 yards on the ground to go with a rushing touchdown as well. Um, Saquon Barkley struggled, though, 10 carries for only 26 yards in this game. Um, and yeah, he only had one catch uh, through the air, and it really didn't go far for him. So rough day for Saquon. Um, in terms of the receiving end, though, Sterling Shepard, seven catches, 113 yards and a touchdown. It looks like Daniel Jones is going to lock on to him again this season. So uh, he looks like a, a must start. Um, Darius Slayton, three catches, 65 yards. Kenny Galladay, four catches, 64 yards. He looked great in his debut. And then there really wasn't much else from this offense. Um, I guess, Nate, getting to you on the Giants, um, I guess, what do you think of them in this game? Um, I mean, offensively, I know, like, Denver, they usually have a really good defense every year. But um, I guess it's for, I guess, Saquon Barkley's game, it's a little bit disappointing, especially – um, with the yardage he was running, he had 10 carries, only 26 yards, which is um, not that's not good enough, especially if you're supposed to be like a top 12 running back in the league. So hopefully he's able to bounce back next week. Yeah, it was a, a rough time for him. Uh, he just really wasn't able to get anything going. Um, Daniel Jones was trying to generate, I guess, a lot of plays and uh, Galladay really came up with some huge catches in that game. Um, but yeah, um, definitely the Giants need to step things up offensively. Maybe it was just the team they played against in Denver. Maybe they were just really solid defensively, but I guess we'll have to see going forward. Um, getting to the next game, uh, this is a close one. Miami Dolphins being the New England Patriots 17 to 16. Obviously, it was the debut of Mac Jones for the New England Patriots. Um, yeah, I, I was watching this game. I really enjoyed watching Mac Jones. I think uh, my team has a great future with him. Um, but yeah, Miami played really well in this game. Just getting to their stats first, Tua Tagovailoa, 202 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Uh, he also added a rushing touchdown on the ground with his carry. Uh, Miles Gaskin, nine carries, 49 yards. And Malcolm Brown, five carries for 16 yards. Then through the air, Devontae Parker, four catches for 81 yards for him. Uh, Jalen Waddle, great debut, four catches, 61 yards and a touchdown. And Miles Gaskin added five catches for 27 yards. I guess getting to you, Nate, uh, what were your thoughts on this Miami team? Um, I think this is, again, a good, pretty good win considering um, – Patriots are a well-coached team. I mean, Belichick is one of the best coaches of all time, in my opinion. So, again, really well-coached uh, team, and they were able to come out with the win. But I guess I would, I still would like to see this team give a little bit more, if that makes sense. Yeah, it felt like um, the Patriots put a lot of pressure on Tua. He had to make quick decisions. He made a lot of accurate passes, but there were just a couple times. I think he had an interception. Um, gave up some sacks as well. So, yeah, um, it was definitely a really tight game for sure. I guess getting to the Patriots, Mac Jones, solid debut from him. He had 281 yards and a passing touchdown. No turnovers from him. Uh, Damian Harris, 23 carries for 100 rushing yards. And that unfortunate fumble at the end that cost the Patriots the game. Um, James White, four carries for 12 yards also. Uh, White also added six catches for 49 yards in receiving. 
Nelson Aguilar, big game for him. Five catches, 72 yards and a touchdown. Jacoby Myers, six catches for 44 yards. And Jonu Smith, five catches for 42 yards. I know I talked a lot about the Patriots, but I just, I guess I'll just get your thoughts, Matthew, on this team. Yeah, uh, unfortunate loss for sure. Um, like you said, Jones had a clean game, no turnovers. Uh, he played really solid, had a high completion percentage. Damian Harris, uh, unfortunate fumble, like you said, but it looks like Belichick trusts him as he gets 25 touches this game. And, yeah, I mean, Aguilar, like you said, was great. Defense was good, too. It's close loss, and honestly, Dolphins are a really good team, so it's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, the coverages were great for both teams. Uh, it was really tough to find open windows for both Tua and Mac Jones. They, uh, But like you mentioned, Mac Jones had one of the highest completion percentages of the week. So um, I think he had a really solid debut. I know he definitely was, you know, he was seeing his receivers and he was he was dialed in there. Um, so we'll definitely see what he can do next week. A, a much easier matchup against the New York Jets. So uh, maybe he'll get his first win against New York. But let's just get to the Sunday night game now. The LA Rams just dominated the Chicago Bears. They won 34-14. Um, I guess looking at the stats here, we'll start with the Rams. Matty Stafford in his debut in LA, um, 321 yards for three passing touchdowns. Um, on the ground, Daryl Henderson, 16 carries, 70 yards and a touchdown. Really solid. Then in receiving, Cooper Cup, seven catches, 108 yards and a touchdown. Van Jefferson, two catches, 80 yards and a score. Tyler Higby, five catches, 68 yards. Robert Woods adding three catches for 27 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Mete, this Rams team, they look really strong, both offensively and defensively. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, like you said, both sides of they were great on both sides of the ball and it really didn't have to do much on offense as defense was getting a lot of turnovers, a lot of stops. And yeah, I mean, even their offense played great though. Uh, Stafford, high completion percentage, throws for over 300 yards. That's great. Henderson looks like he's definitely the running back one. He gets a lot of carries in this game. And yeah, uh, Cup goes off. Maybe him and Stafford will build a great uh, chemistry. They had a great game one. And then Higby, who I was high on, he had a pretty solid game as well. I feel like he's going to have a good season. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I was high on Higby also. I really think that he has a good opportunity to get targeted in this passing offense. And yeah, we saw that uh, in this first game. But getting to the Bears, Andy Dalton started at quarterback. He had 206 yards. He did throw that interception, which was unfortunate. Um, Justin Fields came in at the goal line and he got a rushing touchdown. So great on him in his debut. Um, David Montgomery, uh, 16 carries, 108 yards and a touchdown. So there are two touchdowns coming on the ground. Um, and then I guess getting two receiving um, Marquise Goodwin, uh, four catches, 45 yards. Cole Komet, five catches for 42 yards. I think Mete, you were high on Komet also heading into this season. Um, Allen Robinson, six catches for 35 yards. Damian Williams, four catches for 28 yards. And Darnell Mooney, five catches for 26 yards. Um, Nate, let me just get your thoughts on this Bears team. They didn't play particularly well, but they were still able to put up some points on the board. Yeah, I guess um, one highlights, obviously, um, David Montgomery. Um, even um, with a really good team like the Rams, David Montgomery was still able to find a way to get into the end zone. So at least there's that. And I guess another good sign is um, 
they're they're wide receivers. They're they're all good this year. Um, they all had a lot of receptions, so I think that's also a good sign. But I guess the next thing would be kind of um maybe to lean into Justin Fields a little bit more. I know like he's still a, he's still a rookie, so they're still trying to show him the ropes. But hopefully, like later into the season, they start giving him a couple of starts. Yeah, he definitely needs to be the starter here. I feel like the offense will sort of get a jolt when he comes in. Um, they really just need that element of that quarterback that can sort of move around and sort of open things up on, on the offensive standpoint. But yeah, I think either way, the Bears should be able to bounce back in their next game. Um, just getting to the Monday night game now, this was a wild one. It went to overtime. Uh, the Vegas Raiders actually come out on top of the Baltimore Ravens, 33-27. Um, just getting to the stats, Derek Carr, 435 yards and two passing touchdowns. He did throw the interception in overtime, but the rest of the game, he was very solid. Uh, in terms of rushing, Josh Jacobs, 10 carries, 34 yards and two rushing touchdowns. So big game for him. Marcus Mariota came in for a snap and he ran for 31 yards. So big game there for him. Uh, in terms of receiving uh, Darren Waller, 19 targets, 10 catches, 105 yards and a touchdown. He was the main guy in this offense. Uh, Brian Edwards, four catches for 81 yards. Hunter Renfro, six catches for 70 yards. And Kenyon Drake caught five passes for 59 yards. Um, so I guess just getting to you on this game, Nate. Oh, I forgot to mention Zay Jones. He had that uh, winning touchdown there in overtime. So to go with his two catches and 46 yards. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on this Raiders team? It was a big win. Yeah, it was a really big win, especially considering I think they were the underdogs. And Baltimore, this is, they're trying to make the make the playoffs again this year and they want to kind of make a deep playoff run. So um, I guess it's a, a really good job by um, the Raiders, especially um, Derek Carr with 435 yards. Um, hopefully he can repeat that for the Vegas Raiders. Obviously, uh, Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the league. So um, obvious, obviously he was going to do good, but it's kind of surprising that he was able to um, kind of, I guess, carry their receptions on this, on this team as well. So a uh, really good job uh, by the Vegas Raiders, and hopefully they can uh, – I guess, have some more big games like this. Yeah, Waller had the target amount of two wide receiver ones all in one game. So he really got the bulk share in this offense. I'm getting to the Ravens now. Lamar Jackson, he threw for 235 yards and a passing touchdown. He also rushed 12 times for 86 yards. So he had a pretty solid game overall. I know a couple fumbles in this game were not great from him. Um, Tyson Williams, nine carries, 65 yards and a touchdown. Latavius Murray, 10 carries, 28 yards and a touchdown. Then in receiving, Sammy Watkins, four catches for 96 yards. Uh, Hollywood Brown, six catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. And then Tyson Williams had three catches for 29 yards. And Mark Andrews added three for 20 yards. And um, Mete, just getting to you, I guess, what do you think about this Ravens team in this game? Yeah, uh, super unfortunate loss. Uh at the end there, when they got the interception in overtime, I felt like they were going to drive and win the game, but another fumble by Lamar. And I mean, when you have him rushing for 10 plus rushes a game, you're always risking a fumble or two. And yeah, it just was unfortunate this game that he fumbled at the worst time. Yeah, they've also had a lot of injuries, both on the offense and defensive side of the ball. 
Um, they did get that clutch interception in the red zone in overtime, but they just couldn't capitalize on it as they just gave the ball up on, on a few plays after that. So, um, yeah, I think that this Ravens team, they're going to have a tough time rebounding against Kansas City uh, this coming week. But, uh, yeah, they're going to need to do something to turn around their record or else they could just spiral out of control. They're in a tough division. Bengals have looked strong so far. The Browns look formidable. The Steelers also had a big upset. So, um, I mean, worst case scenario, this Ravens, uh, this banged up Ravens team could even finish uh, at the basement of this division uh, if they don't get things turned around. So they definitely uh, need a big week um, against Kansas City and then I guess moving forward. But um, let's just get to the next segment of this podcast. Let's get to some pickups. Um, we'll start with running backs. I guess, Nate, I'll start with you. Uh, who's your running back pickup for the week? Um, I guess my running back pickup for the week would be um, Eli Mitchell. He was 8% owned last week, but um, he started climbing up really fast. So um, you definitely want to check um, your waiver wires to see if he's still available. Um, he got 16.4 fantasy points. Their opponent was Detroit, and they're facing um, Philadelphia this week, and Eli is going to be the starter. So, again, you definitely uh, want to pick him up if he's still on your waiver wire. Yeah, I definitely agree. He's probably one of the top running back pickups for the week. Um, I have another big pickup at running back. That's Kenneth Gainwell from the Philadelphia Eagles. It looks like he's going to be their pass catching back for the year. So you definitely need to add him as he is more valuable than Boston Scott now in this offense. And I mean, he got a lot of work, even though they were leading in this in this past week's game. If he's the pass catching back and they're trailing in games, yeah, he'll definitely be valuable there as well. So I think he does have a flex uh, role possibility. Um, just add him, whether it's um, 12 team leagues or, or deeper than that, you definitely need to add him on your roster. Um, yeah, I believe he was like under 10% owned or something last week. So he's definitely available in most leagues. Definitely go ahead and add him. But I guess, Matty, I'll get to you for your running back for the week. Yeah, so I went with Carlos Hyde and he led the Jaguars in touches for running back. So it looks like he's going to be the running back one there over James Robinson for now. And yeah, he had a rough game, but uh, the Jaguars fell behind, and I feel like they just uh, didn't want to run the ball due to that reason. So I think he can definitely rebound, and if he's getting 10-plus touches, uh, we know what he's done in the past. So, yeah, I think he can have a solid year this season. Yeah, for sure. And I guess um, some RBs we didn't cover, obviously, uh, Mark Ingram, big week for him as well as James White, who also had a big week for the Patriots. So um, those are two other guys that you can take a look at. Um, I guess getting to wide receivers, Nate, I'll start again with you. I guess who's your wide receiver pickup for the week? So I guess um, Christian Kirk would be uh, the wide receiver for the week um, from Arizona. Um, I think last week he was 13% owned, but again, he's been uh, climbing fast in terms of ownership. So you're going to want to hurry and he ended up getting 21.5 fantasy points. Um, again, a really big game last week. And um, if Kyler Murray ends up playing really well, he'll, I don't know if he'll get 20, but he's going to, um, I guess, put up some really good fantasy points. So again, um, you want to check your wire, waiver wire, uh, make sure he's still available and pick him up. Yeah, for sure. Um I guess our scoring is half PPR that we're using for this. So those are half PPR points. Um, I guess getting to my wide receiver pickup, I have Nelson Aguilar from the New England Patriots. Obviously, he had a big first game 
Uh, he put up, what was it, 72 uh, receiving yards on uh, five catches and a touchdown. So um, it looks like he's one of the leading receivers for this team. He's got a nice, easy matchup against the Jets coming up. You definitely want to get him into your lineup, possibly in a flex spot if you're in a more shallow league, and then maybe even um, better than that if you're in a deep league. So he looks like he is a must-add. Uh, he was on some teams when uh, we drafted for fantasy, but he's on the waiver in over 50% of leagues. So definitely take a look at Aguilar as he should be targeted quite a bit. And uh, Mete, let me get to you for your wide receiver pickup for the week. Yeah, so I went with Hunter Renfro and he had the second most targets behind Waller, uh, 19 targets for Waller, which is insane. But I think Renfro had nine and yeah, it looks like he could be the leading uh a reception for targets uh, outside of Waller and Derek Carr looks really good. So yeah, I feel like he's a great pickup. I know he has a tough matchup against the Steelers, I believe. And uh, it's the, it is a tough matchup, but once you fall behind, you're going to pass a lot. And with Derek Carr looking really good, I think he can definitely have a good week again. Yeah, for sure. And then I guess some other receivers that you can look out for. Tim Patrick, I guess, with the Jerry Judy injury, he looked really solid. Then Sterling Shepard, we talked about he had that big game. I think it was 113 yards and a touchdown. So um, those are two guys that are going to be getting a lot of targets. You definitely want to look for them as well. Um, And then we'll get to our um, tight ends and quarterbacks. I guess, Nate, you have a tight end. I guess just talk about who your pickup is. So I guess I got uh, Jawan Johnson from the New York um, Orleans Saints. Uh, again, 10% owned last week, but he is most likely um, climbing really fast as well. He ended up getting 14.1 fantasy points, um, which is really good, especially for a tight end. Normally for a, tight, a good tight end, you would expect like maybe um, seven, even in like half PPR, but getting 14 and uh, 10% owned, uh, you definitely want to check your waiver wire and pick him up. Yeah, it looks like he's being targeted in the end zone quite a bit, and that's very valuable uh, if, you're, if your tight end's being targeted in the end zone. Chances are he's going to get at least one touchdown in the game, so definitely a good add. I went with a quarterback, and it's his quarterback, Jameis Winston. I mean, he just exploded five touchdown passes in this game. Obviously, he didn't break 200 passing yards because he didn't need to. They were up in the game. But normally, Jameis is good for three, 400 yards a game. Um, if it's a neutral or trailing game script, he'll definitely be throwing for that amount. And if it's a positive game script, he'll be throwing a lot of touchdowns like we saw in this game. So um, he's definitely a must add. He's a borderline starter at this point. So, I mean, if you're struggling um, finding a good quarterback and you're a a shallow to deep league, I guess you can definitely go ahead and add Jameis Winston as he was uh, under 50% owned coming into this uh, week too. So uh, Mete, I think you had a quarterback also. Uh, who did you have for your pickup? Yeah, I also went quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. He's got a great matchup against New York Giants. Uh, and last that was last week, sorry. And this week, his matchup is the Jaguars, and that's a great matchup as we saw what Tyrod Taylor did to them. And I think Teddy Bridgewater can do the same, if not better. And, I mean, if your quarterback one has a tough matchup and you're in a deeper league, I think he was under 20% owned. All the guys I said, I tried to go for low ownership so they could be available in all, if not most leagues. And yeah, if you're in a deeper league, your quarterback has a tough matchup. You could definitely uh, look look at Bridgewater as he draws a good matchup and he had a really solid week. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and then just a couple other names here. Jared Goff and Tyrod Taylor had big weeks last week, and they are facing defense. They gave up a lot of passing yards the week before in Green Bay and Cleveland. So uh, you might have um, potential uh, waiver wire starters there uh, for the week. And then I guess in terms of tight ends, just some other guys available. Um, Jared Cook had a pretty solid week. We talked about Cole Komet. And then I guess just keep an eye on David Njoku. If he keeps getting those kind of targets, he might be really solid as well. Um, but let's just move into the preview for week two. Um, this is a big week. A lot of key games here. Um, I guess, Mete, I'm going to start with you. Um, you're taking a look at the Thursday night game between the Giants and the Washington football team. I guess just talk to us about that for fantasy. Yeah, so for the Giants, I'll try to, I would definitely start Saquon Barkley. Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, and outside of that three, I don't really trust the offense, and uh, the Washington football team defense is amazing. So, yeah, really hard to trust anyone outside of those three. Uh, for Washington, I think in deeper leagues, you could even look at Taylor Heineke. He's pretty solid. Uh, Antonio Gibson for all leagues, McLaurin for all leagues, and Logan Thomas for all leagues. Outside of that, yeah, again, I don't really trust the others as they didn't have great games last week and the Giants defense is good as well but it's not better than Washington yeah I definitely agree I think you pretty much hit home the main guys there um it could be a lower scoring game too so uh, probably not high expectations for that I guess just looking at the game overall and, and making a pick Washington is favored in this game by three points um, I guess, Mete, I'll just start with you. Uh, would you take Washington to win by three, or do you like the Giants uh, on the spread? I think I'll go for Giants, actually. Since the uh, football team is going to be playing with their backup, I know I said Heineke is uh, decent, but, yeah, I feel like Giants, they don't even have to win this game, and I think it's going to be close, so I'll definitely go with the plus here. All right, Nate, getting to you, what are your thoughts on this game? Would you take the football team minus three or, or would you go with the Giants? Um, I guess uh, maybe you can go with the Giants. It, it's a bit of a toss-up in my opinion, but it's going to come down to um, defense, I think. And I don't think you can rely on Saquon Barkley um, not getting like a rushing touchdown or not being able to rush for like over 70 yards. So um, maybe you can go with the Giants. Yeah, I think it's really tough to hold him down two games in a row. He definitely needs to have that breakout game. It could come this week. I think I will also take the plus three with the Giants um, just because I believe Daniel Jones has never lost to Washington in his career. He's It's just a matchup that he really plays well in. Also, Meta, you mentioned Taylor Heineke. Yeah, I'm not 100% sold on him. He might have a great fantasy day because he can rush on the ground, but I guess in terms of just him as an overall quarterback, we just don't know what we're going to get. And I mean, Washington, they did look vulnerable a little bit on defense um, against the, the Chargers there at the end. So, um, yeah, I'm a little skeptical. So, I mean, Giants are getting points. I might as well just take them. Um, I guess just moving to the next game now, it's the Las Vegas Raiders against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I guess, Nate, I'll get to you for the fantasy preview. So I guess um, I'll start with uh, players that you can start in Las Vegas. Um It'd be uh, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller. Um, again, especially if uh, Der Derek Carr uh, plays really well, then um, all three of those guys are going to play really well. And 
I guess Darren Waller, obviously, is getting most of the targets. So um, he's going to have a decent week for sure. And I guess for Pittsburgh, um, you can start Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Najee Harris, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, they're really talented. They find ways to catch the ball. Um, I mean, Buffalo's defense was uh, pretty good, but they were still finding ways to catch. So um, you can definitely start them. I think they both ended up having, I guess, like it was like nine, nine and seven, I guess, fantasy points per game, respectively. Um, for Najee Harris, he didn't have the best week last week, but he's getting a lot of rush attempts, most likely. So um, you should be able to count on that. And I guess with Ben Roethlisberger, he's um, still a really good quarterback, I think. So um, especially in like a deep league or something, if you have him, you can definitely um, start him. I guess what are your thoughts on the running backs for the Raiders? I know Pittsburgh does have a good run defense, but what do you think about Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake? Um, I think they're pretty good, but it's going to be hard to see um, how effective they would be, especially considering um how Pittsburgh was able to, I guess, kind of hold down Singletary a little bit. So it they could they could still do well. You might be able to still um, start them, but I guess if you do start them, um, they might not, I guess, play to, I guess, their their peak just because Pittsburgh's um, run defense is so good. Yeah, I think that probably uh, you could start Josh Jacobs maybe in like mid to deep leagues, and then Kenyon Drake's probably only in deep leagues. And then I guess for Juju, I just assume it's only a deep league start. Yeah, pretty much. All right. And just getting to um, the spread here, uh, the Steelers are favored by five and a half points. Um, Nate, I'll start with you here. Uh, would you take the five and a half with the Steelers or would you uh, take the Raiders at plus five and a half? Um, I guess they ended up, um, the Raiders did end up um, pulling an upset on the Ravens. So, um, even though the Steelers can still beat them, there's a chance that, um, the Raiders will keep it close. So I guess maybe you might be able to take the Raiders on this one. All right. And then getting to you, Matty, I guess, what are your thoughts? Uh, which team would you take on the spread? Yeah, I'm with Nate. Uh, I'm, I really like what I saw from the Raiders. Uh, I wasn't too sure about their defense, but the defensive line looked great, especially Max Crosby. So like Nate said, they don't even have to win this game. I think they can keep it close. So I'm going with the Raiders as well. Yeah, I think that this Pittsburgh team, they just seem to win a lot of close games. So even if Pittsburgh wins, I still see that the Raiders can cover. Um, It honestly just depends on how the Raiders start out. Uh, if they just have trouble scoring, then it could be a bigger game than we expect. But I do expect the Raiders to keep it close. So I will agree with you guys. I think the Raiders at the plus five and a half definitely looks good in this game. Um, just getting to the next game now, um, it's the New England Patriots against the New York Jets. Um, I'll just talk about this game. So for the Patriots first, uh, in terms of starters, I think you can roll out Mac Jones. I think this is a vulnerable um, Jets defense, their secondary looked really vulnerable against Carolina last game. So I think he can get you uh, quite a bit of points. Um, you can roll out Aguilar, like we mentioned, uh, definitely a good pickup. Damian Harris is getting the bulk of the work. You definitely want to start him. 
You could even start James White as a flex option uh, this week. He's definitely really solid. Uh, John o. Smith, um, obviously he's getting the targets. Uh, if he can turn that into bigger receptions and potentially touchdowns, then he's definitely worth starting as well. And then Jacoby Myers is sort of that target up the middle. He's getting between six and eight targets, so he should be a safe start this week. Um, and then guys that you're probably going to sit or start in deep leagues, probably like Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, and Ramondre Stevenson. Don't roll them on in standard leagues. Um, and then in terms of the Jets, the only guy I'd roll out against this tough Patriots defense is Corey Davis, as he's the main guy there. He's getting all the targets, whether it's um, just out wide or in the end zone. So uh, he's probably the only safe start, in my opinion. You're probably benching or maybe starting in a deep league, Zach Wilson, Tevin Coleman, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter, Denzel Mims, and Ty Johnson, but most likely don't look their way this week. Um, and then I guess in terms of the spread, um, it's minus six for the Patriots. Um, it, this is pretty tough because the Jets did keep it close with the Panthers. Uh, I don't know whether the Patriots are a better team than the Panthers. They might be. Um, I think that uh, the Patriots defense is a little bit better than the Panthers. So I think they might be able to hold the Jets down a little bit. So yeah, I think I will take the Patriots minus six. Uh, Metti, I don't know what your thoughts are, but yeah, I like them at minus six. Yeah, like you said, it's kind of tough since the Jets honestly didn't look too bad. And plus six is kind of a lot. But yeah, like you said, uh, I like the Patriots as well. I think they also had a good showing and they only lost by one against uh, almost a playoff team last season. So I think Patriots can win this by six or more. All right. And just getting to you, Nate, I guess, which side do you like better in terms of the spread? This is a bit of a toss-up, but um, you could go to the Jets if you're feeling dumb, but I'm going to go with um, the Patriots mainly because um, I think the Patriots are a better coach team overall. The Jets are still supposed to be um, a rebuilding team. Um, obviously, it looks like they made a lot of improvements, but um, I think the Patriots should be able to beat them by one score at least. Yeah, I know this game opened at minus four for the Patriots. It got down to three and a half, and then it jumped to six. So I think a lot of people are are really bullish on the Patriots. I definitely think that they should have a solid game. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the next game. It's the New Orleans Saints against the Carolina Panthers. I guess talk to us about the fantasy options for this game. Uh, yeah, for sure. So for the Saints, I have Jamie Swinson, Alvin Kamara, uh, Saints defense, I think they have a good matchup here. Uh, and then other than that, uh, they were kind of hard to trust as I know two other guys had big gains, but they were touchdown dependent. So, yeah, uh, I only rolled those three. And then for Panthers, again, I really don't trust too many players against a good Saints defense. So McCaffrey for sure, Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore are my three guys I really trust here. All right. Yeah, pretty straightforward. There should be a pretty defensive battle unless Jameis can open up that Saints offense a little bit and get some clutch touchdowns like he did last week. But I guess just looking at this game, um, taking a look at the current spread, the Saints are favored by three and a half points against the Panthers. This is a divisional game. I guess I'll start with you, Mete. Which way are you looking here? Yeah, I'm going for the Saints. I think they can win by a touchdown or even more. So I think that's good value. I go Saints. Um, yeah, I definitely like the Saints as well. 
Um, I feel like that they are being underestimated a little bit, I guess, just being on the road. But technically, they were supposed to have a home game last week, and they weren't even at home, and they won. Um, it's tough to say, but yeah, I kind of do like that that Saints uh, spread at minus three and a half. But I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts? Um, I guess just to be different, um, I'll go with the Panthers mainly because it's three and a half. If, if it was like maybe um, four, you could. Uh, well, actually, I'll still go with the Panthers just to be different pretty much. Yeah, I think uh, what you meant to say is if it was like two and a half, you might consider the Saints. But like, because yeah. I guess you're looking at that target score of three. That's definitely something to keep an eye on when you're looking to wager on this game. Um, that target score of three points, seven points, 10 points, you know, just the dividing line between scores. That's usually pretty big when it comes to, I guess, leads in a game. So you definitely want to keep an eye on that. Um, I guess getting to the next game, Nate, I'll get to you. Houston against Cleveland. Um, Cleveland at home uh, for this game. I guess just talk to us about the fantasy options. So there's quite a few fantasy options that you can start this week. Um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, they're going to be the workhorses of the, of the offense, obviously, so you're going to want to start them. Um, Jarvis Landry and Anthony Schwartz. Um, Anthony Schwartz is taking over for Odell as Odell is injured at the moment, so um, you're definitely going to want to take a look at Schwartz. And Schwartz actually pl- played pretty well last week. Um, he should play well again. Same with Jarvis Landry, so you're definitely, definitely going to want to start them. Um, Austin Hooper, he's a pretty solid tight end. Um, Baker Mayfield, I think maybe in uh, deeper leagues, mainly because um, Cleveland's a run-heavy team. And uh, Baker, he might end up throwing a little uh, more short passes. He might throw some long passes. Uh, we'll just have to see. So, And I guess moving on to Houston, um, I guess Mark Ingram, Brandon Cooks, and Tyron Taylor, I think, and I guess Tyrod Taylor in deep leagues, I think um, those are going to be the three most um, reliable starters for Houston. Yeah, I guess with Houston's offense, we still don't know where all the targets are going to go. We know Brandon Cooks is the main guy. We know Ingram is the main running back. And I guess we saw how well Tyrod played last week. So I think those are the three main guys. But I guess just getting, I guess, to um, a look at this game in terms of the spread, um, it looks like the Browns are favored by 12 and a half points. That's a huge spread. Um, I don't know about you, Nate, but I think that's kind of tough for me to get behind. But what do you think about Cleveland? Do you think that they can win by at least that much? I think they can win by at least one score. But the thing about like even like 12 and a half or higher is that basically you're basically saying like the Browns can definitely um, blow out um, the Houston Texans and I know we, um, I guess like pretty much everyone wrote the Texans off from day one and they were able to prove everyone wrong against um, Jacksonville, if I remember correctly. So there is a chance that like, even if they only get up, end up like getting like an 11 point like difference or something or a 10 point difference, or like, even if it's just one score, uh, the Texans will end up covering that. So I would go with the Texans on this. Yeah, I definitely like the Texans to cover for all the reasons that you mentioned. Obviously, the Texans didn't look that bad last game. I know it was Trevor Lawrence's first start, 
but their offense looked efficient. Their defense was getting turnovers. I mean, I think 12 and a half is a lot of points. I mean, if you're really feeling bullish on this Texans team, you can take them on the money line at plus 475, but I still think this Browns team is really good. I think they should win, but I don't know if they're going to cover, but I guess, Mete, what are your thoughts? Uh, definitely. I feel like 12 and a half is too much as I think the Browns will win this, but yeah, like I said, too many points to cover. And so I'd go with the Texans. Yeah, a lot of times with these big spreads, I'd probably just stay away. But uh, some people definitely like to, you know, make uh, a bet on their own team. So definitely uh, we're just uh, sort of projecting what might happen in this game. But uh, let's just move to the next one. And uh, it's the LA Rams against the Indianapolis Colts. And I'll sort of cover the fantasy for this. Um, just looking at some of the guys that you can start. Uh, we'll start with the Rams here. Matty Stafford, start him for sure. Um, solid quarterback. Daryl Henderson, the starting running back there. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, all getting receptions. Tyler Higby as well. Those are the five guys you should be starting. Then maybe in a deep league or, or guys that you might want to sit, Van Jefferson, Deshaun Jackson, and Sony Michelle. Not 100% sure on their roles, so definitely keep an eye on them. And then I guess for the Colts, um, this is a tough matchup for them, a tough defense they're going up against. I'd only start two players, to be honest, and I think it's Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. The offense runs with those two guys. Um, Wentz will just dump it off to one of them, as we noticed last game when there's a lot of pressure. Um, I don't think you should be starting Carson Wentz unless you're in a really deep league. He, he should get you decent points, but in standard and shallow leagues, I wouldn't start him. And then guys like Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and Zach Pascal, we don't know where the passes are going to go. And I mean, Jalen Ramsey's most likely going to be on Michael Pittman in this game. So I really don't see him having a big game. Uh, and then Jack Doyle, probably just avoid him as we don't know whether he's going to get consistent reception. So um, I guess in terms of picking this game, um, the spread is uh, minus four for the Rams. It's tough. If the Colts offensive line is is back healthy, I would take the Colts. Um, but I guess, what do you guys think? Matty, I'll start with you. Uh, yeah, it's tough for sure. But I think I like Rams. They looked great week one. Uh, Colts coming off a loss. They only have to win by three, uh, four. So, yeah, I think it's definitely doable for the Rams. And then getting to you, Nate, I guess, uh, do you like Rams minus four or would you take the Colts at plus four? Um, I guess you maybe you could take the Colts on plus plus four, but I think I'd still go with the Rams, especially with how they played last week. Um, it's going to be hard to see um, how the Colts keep it close. Yeah, I think the only way was would be because the Colts are at home. I think they're just giving them the benefit of the doubt. And I guess if their offensive line plays better, there's no reason why they can't keep it close. But yeah, it definitely should be a great game there. And then I guess just um, getting to the next game, um, Mete, I'll get to you. It's the Chicago Bears against the Cincinnati Bengals. So just get to us on the fantasy for that game. Yeah, so for the Bengals, I'm going to be starting Joe Burrow in deeper leagues. Joe Mixon... Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins. Uh, for the Bears, I'd go David Montgomery, Allen Robinson, and honestly, that's pretty much it. I don't really trust the others with Andy Dalton as he had a rough game against the Rams last week. So, yeah, just roll those two guys out. I think they're the safest. Yeah, I assume guys like Komet and Mooney are probably only in, like, deeper leagues. Yeah, deeper leagues, you can definitely start those guys. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, this Bears offense really needs to pick it up. Surprisingly, they are favored in this game by uh, two and a half. Uh, they were favored by four, but the gap's really closed. I think a lot of people are bullish on the Bengals, but I guess what are your thoughts, Mete? Yeah, I'm surprised as well that they're the favorites, and I was really impressed with the Bengals, so I'm definitely going with the Bengals here. I don't think a lot of people believe in the Bengals yet. I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts on this spread? Um, I guess if it's like, for example, like plus two and a half, I would, you could still take the Bengals mainly, um, I guess, based on how the Bengals played against Minnesota, they will, they were able to slow that, uh, Minnesota team down and pull off an upset and the bears came up a little bit short. So the bears are going to have to find a way to, um, generate offense against the Bengals. So I feel like Bengals could still cover this. Yeah, um, I guess my only issue with the Bengals is that in week one, their offensive line was ranked 32nd. So even though they won, they had still had the worst ranked offensive line that week. And I mean, Khalil Mack, he's he's a guy like he's just going to break through and he's just going to get to the quarterback. I think Joe Burrow's going to have a tough time throwing uh, against this Bears defense, even though it might not be as good as previous years. It's still going to be really tough. Um, I would have liked the Bengals more at plus four, but I guess at minus two and a half, I'm going to have to go with the Bears here. I think they do bounce back in this game. I don't think they are as bad as they looked against that Rams team. I think that Rams team looks very good. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It just feels like a game. The Bears are at home for this game also. It just feels like a game where they have to bounce back. So yeah, I can't. I kind of am liking the Bears here. Um, but getting to the next game, um, Nate, I'll get to you. Denver against Jacksonville. Uh, what's your fantasy preview for this game? So I guess um, for starters, um, Teddy Bridgewater, um, pretty underrated quarterback. You de definitely want to start him if you have him. Um, Melvin Gordon III, um, Noah Fent, and uh, Tim Patrick. And I guess for Jacksonville, um, there's a lot of players you can start. You could start uh, James Robinson, uh, Trevor Lawrence. I know he only ended up getting like 19.1 fantasy points per game, but he does have the potential to get 20 or more, especially um, with his passing. And I feel like as he starts to get more familiar with the game, he'll end up um, improving. And I guess Marvin Jones Jr., DJ Chark, they both had really good games. Liska Chenault, he had a really good game. Even James O'Shaughnessy had a really good game for a tight end. So again, a lot of players you could start on those teams. And then I guess uh, for Denver, um... Cortland Sutton and KJ Hamler would just be probably like deeper leagues, most likely. Yeah. I mean, for those players, I mean, Cortland Sutton, he's really talented. KJ Hamler, he's pretty good as well. But um, I'm just not sure about the targets. I think Sutton only ended up getting like three targets and he had one reception. So if that happens again and you start him, um, you're going to really be kicking yourself. So I wouldn't really recommend it unless you're in a deep league. Yeah, this game could kind of get out of hand quickly for the Broncos. They might not need to pass as much. They might be relying more on the run. Maybe you could lean into Javante Williams a little bit. But like you said, Melvin Gordon is the main guy there. So I definitely agree with that. I guess in terms of looking at the spread for this game, the Broncos are favored by six points. Um, I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts? Uh, which side would you take here? Um, It's going to uh, be, I guess, a little bit tough to say. Um. I feel like the the Jaguars, they could maybe get in the range of um, six points. They 
could maybe end up getting like five or something, um, even against like um, the Broncos. So I it's basically going to come down to defense because their offenses played in a somewhat similar level. So in terms of like winning, the Broncos can win, but I feel like the Jaguars could still cover this. Okay, and um, I guess getting to you, Matty, I guess which side would you take on the spread? Yeah, actually, I'm with Nate as well. I feel like Jaguars can cover this. Uh, they did have a rough game against Houston, but it was Trevor Lawrence's first start, and he didn't even have that bad of a game. I think if they run the ball better and uh, Lawrence doesn't turn the ball over as much, I think they could cover this. Yeah, for sure. Um, it is tough to sort of predict this one. Um, I guess at minus two and a half, when it opened, I would have been okay taking the Broncos, but I think it getting up to plus six, it just seems like a lot of points. Broncos could cover it, but I would kind of lean with the Jaguars as well. I definitely think they have a chance to cover this as they could definitely catch up near the end. And I mean, the Broncos only won by like, what, uh, so what was it like 14 points just because of that late run from Melvin Gordon. If he hadn't broken off that run, it would have been a lot closer uh, with the Giants as well. So yeah, I definitely like the Jaguars a lot more on the spread. Um, but I guess just getting to the next game, uh, the Buffalo Bills against the Miami Dolphins. I'll do a fantasy preview for that one. Um, I guess, guys, you could start from the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen, uh, Stefan Diggs. I know they had rough games, but they should bounce back most likely in this game. Um, you also have Cole Beasley, who seems to be getting a lot of targets again this season. So you definitely want to roll him into your lineup, especially in like a flex spot in standard leagues. And then, guys, you probably want to sit or maybe start in deep leagues. I know Emmanuel Sanders got a lot of targets. Of course, he didn't make all the catches. Um, Devin Singletary and Gabriel Davis, they had pretty solid games. You might want to start them in deeper leagues. And then also Dawson Knox as well. Um, and then in terms of the Dolphins, uh, they get Will Fuller back. Roll him into your starting lineup. He should be really solid. Um, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Parker, great weeks for them last week. And then, of course, Miles Gaskin, you want to start at running back because you probably draft him as your RB2 or, or 3. And then um, guys that you probably shouldn't start unless you're in a deep league, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, Salvan Ahmed, uh, Mike Gesicki, and Malcolm Brown. Uh, Gesicki, he didn't get any catches last game. I don't have faith enough uh, for you to start him in, in all leagues. So probably just sit, uh, for, probably best to sit him out for this game. And I guess getting to the spread for this game, uh, it's minus three and a half favoring the Bills. Uh, Metti, I'll start with you. I guess which side do you like better here? Three and a half favoring the Bills, I think, is good for them. Uh, tough matchup again against the Dolphins, but I think they're going to bounce back and they can win this game for sure. Nate, getting to you, um, which side of the spread would you take here? Um, I mean, this is a situation where if you really, really liked um, Miami's defense, maybe you could take Miami, but I'm still going to take the Bills, um, mainly because of um, their offensive capabilities. I know like um, Pittsburgh basically put on a defensive clinic, but not every defense is Pittsburgh's um, defense. And even though Miami does have a really good defense as well. Um, the Bills normally find a way um, to beat defenses, especially with Josh Allen's passing. So I feel like the Bills could cover this. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to take the points with Miami at home. I mean, these these guys, they went into New England and they got a big win. It's not an easy place to win. Their defense really 
got a lot of good turnovers, especially off the run. Um, and of course, you're going to have, um, most likely you're going to have Byron Jones on Cole Beasley and you're going to have Xavier Howard on Stefan Diggs. So, I mean, they have two guys there. Um, they're going to really shut out Allen, who I think had a, the most incomplete passes uh, of week one. So I really don't know how the Bills come out with this win. If they do, they're going to squeak by maybe a three-point win. So I still like the Dolphins on the spread at plus three and a half. I definitely think um, this game is very doable for them. They could really take a, a big command in this division with a win here. So I definitely like that for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely getting to the next game. Um, let's uh, get to you, Mete, first. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Philadelphia against San Francisco. I guess, what's your fantasy preview for this game? Yeah, so for Eagles, I'm going with Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, Devontae Smith in deeper leagues, and Dallas Goddard. Uh, outside of those guys, I'm not really trusting the others too much, especially against a good 49er defense. And for the 49ers, I'd go Elijah Mitchell, now that Mostert's gone, he's uh, looking like the running back one in San Francisco. So uh, I definitely ride him again as he had a great game. And then uh, Bebo Samuel and then George Kittle. Uh, yeah, maybe you could look at the uh, San Francisco defense, but uh, the Eagles had a really good uh, showing on offense. So I feel like that's more risky, but deeper leagues definitely you could look at that yeah i was gonna say they also got some injuries in their secondary as well so i don't know if the 49ers would be a a decent play i mean if you own them as your defense of course you're starting them right but um i guess in terms of pickups they probably wouldn't be the team this week but yeah i definitely get your points i definitely agree with you in terms of the options um i guess getting to the spread on this game the 49ers are favored by three and a half points i guess mete which side would you take here uh, three and a half for 49ers. I definitely like that. Uh, like I said, I feel like we need to temper our expectations a bit with the Eagles. Definitely a great week one win. Don't get me wrong, but it was the Falcons. So uh, 49ers, I think they win this. Yeah, it's really difficult. We have our preseason expectations for each team, and then we come in and we watch week one, and then there's some huge surprises, and then sometimes we overreact on one side or the other. So we definitely have to find middle ground here. And I think, yeah, the middle ground for me is taking the 49ers. Um, I know they did give up their big lead last week, but um, it's a new week and this team should be more prepared. So yeah, I like the 49ers minus three and a half, but Nate, I guess, what do you think? Um, I think you can still take the 49ers on this. I know the Eagles had an amazing game last um, week, but I mean, it was the Falcons, as Mete said. Um, they don't have um, the best defense. Uh, the Eagles have a really good defense, so they, um, might, they're going to have a chance to keep it close, but I feel like the 49ers can still take this. Yeah, they probably should take it by around a touchdown or so, maybe more. So, yeah, I definitely uh, agree with you guys. And then I guess just getting to the next game, Nate, I'll get to you on it. Um, Arizona against Minnesota. I guess give us the fantasy preview for this. So um, a lot of players you can start on both sides. I'll start with Arizona. Um, Kyler Murray, um, he was on fire last week. He might end up being on fire again this week. Um, James Conner, Chase Edmonds, um, both had uh, really good games. Christian Kirk, 
Rondale Moore and DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, really good wide receiver, one of the best in the league. So if you have him, you're definitely going to want to start start him. Uh, with Christian Kirk and Rondale Moore, it's going to be kind of like an exposure effect, if that makes sense. Like if Kyler Murray ends up playing um, really well, then both Rondale Moore and Christian Kirk are going to play really well as well. And I guess for Minnesota, um, Dalvin Cook, he's like the workhorse of the offense. So if you have him, you're going to want to start him. Uh, Kirk Cousins, if you like that, uh, Justin <laughs> Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, KJ Osborne, he did pretty well, I think. And I guess Tyler Conklin in, um, deeper leagues and yeah. Yeah. We didn't mention KJ Osborne in pickups. He's another guy that if he's getting solid targets every week, you definitely want to target him in terms of a pickup, but yeah. Um, I guess just getting, um, to the spread of this game. Um, the Cardinals are favored by three and a half points. I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think the Cardinals can cover or do you think the Vikings will keep it close? Um, I feel like the Cardinals can still cover this. Um, the Vikings are a really good team, but the Cardinals were on fire last week and they kind of um, showed that they had a really good defense and a really good offense. So um, even if like, the Vikings play well, I'm not sure if they would be able to keep pace with the Cardinals, if that makes sense. Yeah, I definitely see it the same way. This Cardinals team looks like a, a fresh new team this year. They look like they're on a different vibe this year. Um, I like the Cardinals as well at three and a half. I think if it gets up a little bit more than that, I might be inclined to take the Vikings, but I think three and a half is an okay number, an okay number to lay with the Cardinals. But I guess, Mete, what are you thinking here? Yeah, I'm going uh, Cardinals as well. Uh, really impressive showing for them week one, both offensively and defensively. So I think they can win this by four or more. So, yeah, Cardinals. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is definitely going to be a really good game for sure. Um, I guess just getting to the next game, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Atlanta Falcons division game. I guess I'll just break down the fantasy for this game. Um, guys that you want to start from the Buccaneers, starting Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. And it looks like Ronald Jones is going to get the start at running back. So you probably want to roll him out against uh, a poor Atlanta defense. Um, and then, yeah, Leonard Fournette had a solid game as well. So you could probably roll him out too. Um, deep leagues or guys that you should sit, Scotty Miller maybe, just because he didn't get a lot of targets last game. Um, but yeah, maybe in deep leagues, you might want to roll him out. He might have that boom game. And then um, for the Falcons, you start Calvin Ridley, you start Kyle Pitts, and that's pretty much about it for me. I don't think Matt Ryan's safe to start outside of deep leagues. Uh, Mike Davis, this is a tough run defense. We saw what they did to Ezekiel Elliott last week. I don't think Mike Davis is going to have a great game. If you don't have any other options, you start him, or if you're in a deep league, but else I'd probably sit him, sit Russell Gage and sit all the other receiving options like Hayden Hurst and others. I don't think they're going to play very well in this game. Uh, just getting to this game, the spread is huge. Minus 12 and a half for the Buccaneers. I might actually lay this with the Buccaneers. I just don't think the Falcons are that great. Uh, this Bucs team will definitely be better than they were against Dallas. So I might be inclined to take it. It's a large spread, but I guess, Mete, what do you think? Yeah, a uh, very large spread indeed. And... I definitely think Buccaneers win, but uh, it's such a big spread that I'm kind of scared to take the Buccaneers. So, And I think Falcons offense 
they put up six points, but I think they're way better than that. I think they can rebound and keep this closer than uh, 12 or less for sure, I think. All right, Nate, what do you think about this game? Um, it's a little bit hard to tell. I feel like um, this is going to be one of the few um, games where you could kind of maybe lean on a blowout, I think, this season. Um, the thing is, like, uh, the Falcons don't have the best defense again, so it's going to come down to a kind of like an offensive game. And uh, the Buccaneers' um, defense can shut down basically any offense in this league. So I think I'm going to have to go with the Bucs on this one. Yeah, for sure. This game uh, looks like the Bucs should be able to win this game, no problem. It's just going to depend on how much they win by for sure. All right, just getting to the next game now. Mete, I'll get to you. Your Dallas Cowboys against the LA Chargers. I guess talk to us about the fantasy options for this game. Yeah, so I'll start with Dallas. I'm starting Dak, of course. Elliot, I think he can bounce back. Uh, rough matchup, like you said, against the Tampa Bay run defense. CeeDee Lamb, Mari Cooper, and Dalton Schultz in deep leagues. I really like what I saw from him. And he outsnapped Blake Jarvin, so it looks like he's tight end one in Dallas. And then for Chargers, I'm starting Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and even Jared Cook. He had a solid game. And uh, like I said, Cowboys defense, they got turnovers, but they weren't really able to get stops. Uh, Buccaneers moved the ball with ease. And yeah, Chargers are really talented as well. So I think they can move the ball down the field. And all these guys, I think, will have great fantasy days. Yeah, I definitely agree. These Dallas games seem to be pretty high scoring, so it's definitely something you want to look at for sure. I guess getting to the spread on this game, it looks like the Chargers are favored by three and a half points. Um, Matty, I'll start with you. I guess which way are you leaning? Yeah, I'm actually going to go with the Cowboys. Uh, I know Lawrence is hurt now. It's a big blow, but uh, I don't know. I With Dak at quarterback, I feel like he, he can keep the Cowboys in any game, and I honestly think they're going to win this game, so Dallas. And then getting to you, Nate, I guess, which way are you leaning? Um, I'm kind of leaning towards Dallas as well. Um, they're both really good teams. Um, Chargers, they were able to come out on top against um, the Washington defense. Um, the Cowboys were able to give Tampa Bay a run for their money, so I mean... Even if the Chargers win, I still feel like um, the Cowboys are going to keep it close. Yeah, honestly, for me, just looking at this game, I'd probably just lean to whichever team was getting the, the points. And it looks like Dallas is getting the points here as they are the plus three and a half. So, yeah, I think I might lean towards Dallas just because of that. Uh, you definitely uh, want to be uh, on the, the plus side of a sort of coin flip game in my mind, which I think this game is. So, yeah. Uh, since this game is pretty much a coin flip, in my opinion, I definitely will side uh, with Dallas with the plus three and a half. And then just getting to the next game, uh, Tennessee Titans against the Seattle Seahawks. Nate, let me get to you for the fantasy preview. So I guess for the Seahawks, um, you're going to want to start Russell Wilson. Um, he's the starting quarterback for the Seahawks. He's still really, really good. So definitely want to start him. Uh, Chris Carson. Um I still think he's a really good running back, so you can start him as well. 
um, DK Metcalf, Gerald Everett, and Tyler Lockett. They all had um, really good um, reception games last week, I guess, uh, partially due to how good Wilson is and partially to, due to how good all three of them are. So you're definitely going to want to start them. And I guess for uh, Tennessee, you could start um, Derrick Henry. He is one of the best running backs in the league, in my opinion. So um, you can definitely start him. Uh, Julio Jones, um, I feel like um, he should be able to um, still bounce back. Um, Chester Rogers had a really good game. And I think with, depending on how um, AJ Brown plays, um, you could start him. And I guess Ryan Tannehill in deep leagues. Um, I I was thinking about AJ Brown, but the thing is he has um, a knee injury. So I'm not too sure how well he's going to play even if he ends up um, playing. So I would say just for this week, you might want to sit in. Yeah, it's definitely possible um, that he doesn't play, but I assume that if you took him as your wide receiver one, you're probably starting him either way, whether he's limited uh, or not. Uh, if they, the report says he is playing, because you probably don't have anyone else to, to put as your main wide receiver, but or else, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, I guess just looking at the spread, the Seahawks are favored by five and a half points here. Uh, Nate, which way are you going on this? Um, it's gonna be a little bit hard to tell. I feel like the Seahawks can still take it though, because it's um, it's five, it's five and a half. So, and it's gonna be another one of those games that kind of relies on um offense. And I think the Seahawks do have the offense to keep up with almost any team, including the Titans. Yeah, bouncing it to you, Matty, I guess, what do you think on this game in terms of the spread? Yeah, I think I like Titans. Um, definitely had a rough showing week one, but let's not forget these guys have been in the playoffs the last couple of years. And so, yeah, I think they bounce back. They don't have to win. So Titans, I think, can cover this. Yeah, I think the only problem with the Titans for me is their defense just looks like they can't stop anything right now. Um, I don't know what it is. Their offensive line is just full of holes. Of course, so you got Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, Carlos Dunlap on the other side for the Seahawks. This could honestly be a bloodbath uh, again in this game. Uh, I just cannot trust the Tennessee Titans until I see something good from them. So honestly, I just take the Seahawks and just say, Tennessee, prove me wrong. Prove to me that you can actually play a good game. Prove to me that your offensive line is decent. Prove to me that your defense can actually get a stop. So until that happens, yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you, Nate. I'm just going to roll with the Seahawks. They've been so hot both on offense and on defense. I think it's just going to be tough for the Titans to stop them. And then um, just getting to Sunday night's game, um, Kansas City against Baltimore. I'll take a look at that. Um, in this game, you're probably starting Patrick Mahomes, obviously, uh, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because you drafted them uh, as so. And then um, guys you might start in deeper leagues, maybe Demarcus Robinson, Daryl Williams, and McCole Hardman, but or else in standard leagues, you'll probably want to sit them. Um, and then for the Baltimore Ravens, you're starting Lamar Jackson. Uh, Tyson Williams was really solid. Um, Marquise Brown caught a touchdown, and he was solid. Mark Andrews, obviously one of the big five tight ends. And then Sammy Watkins, he looks like he's one of the main targets in this offense. So you want to start him as well. Then maybe guys you can roll out in deep leagues or maybe sit would be Latavius Murray, 
and Devin Duvernay. I don't think they're going to have big roles in this offense. Uh, so let's just get to the spread on this game. Chiefs are favored by three and a half. I think just give me the Chiefs. They've just been rolling. I know they don't always cover games. They didn't cover last week against the Browns. I think we did predict that one correctly. Um, but yeah, I think this week, I think I have to side with the Chiefs. But I guess, Nate, what do you think? Um, I mean, the Ravens are at home. So if you like the home team advantage, you could uh, go with the Ravens. The only thing I'm concerned about is kind of um, the Ravens weren't um, were upset against the Raiders and Kansas City is a, a way better team uh, than the Raiders. They were even able to come back against um, Cleveland and the Ravens do have a good defense, but so does Cleveland and Kansas City still went KC Nation and they found out a way to come back against that. So I feel like it's it could end up being a close game. So I guess maybe you can take the Ravens on this. Yeah, um, clearly KC Nation said to the Browns, you can't see me. And Patrick Mahomes just threw touchdowns after touchdowns. And it was it was crazy. Yeah, um, Mete, getting to you, I guess, uh, which side do you like here? Uh, yeah, I think I like Chiefs as well. Um, Ravens kind of let me down last week, and so I'm kind of cold on them right now, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs, so if you if they only need to win by four or more, I'm definitely taking the Chiefs every time. Yeah, as Terry would say, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. <laughs> Give me the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, um, definitely this game honestly could go either way, but I definitely like Kansas City as well. Um, and then I guess just getting to Monday night's game, Matty, I'll give that one to you. Give us a fantasy preview for the Lions and Packers. Yeah, so for the Lions, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, TJ Hawkinson, and others I'm not too sure on. Maybe Jared Goff in deeper leagues as uh, Green Bay defense was awful uh, week one. But yeah, if you're in a deep league and your quarterback one is in a rough situation, you could look at golf, but yeah, outside of that, for Green Bay, um, Aaron Rodgers, I think he bounces back. Aaron Jones, I think he bounces back. Devontae Adams, solid game, but I think he's going to have an even better game this game. And then Robert Tunyon, he also had a uh, rough game, but these guys are all playing the Lions, and the defense isn't that great, so I think they can have a huge bounce back week. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts on potentially like A.J. Dillon, Randall Cobb, those kind of guys? Uh, A.J. Dillon and Cobb, I they didn't get too many touches last week, and so that kind of scares me. Uh, yeah, I feel like I need to see them uh, get more touches, and then maybe I'd get more confident in starting them. I think I might maybe in deeper leagues lean towards AJ Dillon just because if they go up by a whole lot of points, maybe you see him take the field and get some rush attempts, or you might see him on the goal line, something like that. But yeah, um, I think for any other receivers, probably just best to wait and find out who the main guys are outside of Devontae Adams. But uh, let's just get to this game now. The spread is minus 11 for the Green Bay Packers. This is insane. Um, you almost feel like you have to go with Green Bay, but I guess, Mete, who are you going with? Uh, yeah, I think Green Bay wins, but this is too big of a spread for me. And 
since they lost last week by 35, I feel like it would be too big of a risk to take them at minus 11. Uh, Lions, I know everyone thinks they're going to have a terrible year, but yeah, they kept it really close with the Niners and almost made an amazing comeback. So I think I'm going to go with the uh, Lions here. How about you, Nate? What do you think about this game? I mean, uh, Green Bay is known for having good offense and really good defense, but um, the Lions were able to um, make San Francisco work for the win, and they were able to mount kind of like a comeback against San Francisco, who has one of the best defenses in the league. So I feel like um, they should be able to keep it um, around one score, just like they did against San Francisco. Yeah, I think, uh, in my opinion, I think Green Bay should win by around 10. So I see it at minus 11. I don't like it. I think I'll side with the Lions too, just because of that. But it should be right around there. That's around the the points that it's going to be. I feel like 10 seems like that target number for me. You know, Rodgers goes up by a touchdown. Maybe they kick a late field goal, you know, put them up by 10. Then the Lions try and come down and they can't score. Some kind of situation like that. 10 points seems to be what I'm looking at. So I don't like where it's going. Obviously, more bets are going to keep coming in on the Green Bay Packers, which might even push this line further ahead for them. So yeah, I am liking the Lions uh, right now. And yeah, that's pretty much the preview for week two. I think that we covered everything. We got through all the games from week one. We talked about pickups. Um, And yeah, I think everything looks great heading into week two. So Uh, Let's see what happens in all these games. And uh, that's going to be the end of this Fanatics football episode. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We've been posting the picks. Definitely go give us a like, give us a follow there. Check out this podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share. Hit the bell for notifications on YouTube. Leave us some reviews, all that good stuff. And Guys, it's going to be an exciting week two. Hopefully our teams can come out with some W's as none of them won in week one, which was unfortunate. But yeah, Yeah. uh, we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.